What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this. What can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T.com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And boy, we've had quite an exciting week, haven't we? And I was just kind of thinking about all that's been going on this whole entire year and last actually two years. And I thought, you know, why don't we talk about anger? Because I don't know about you, but I'm sure feeling a lot of it out there. And I feel it in me as well. And I am typically not an angry person at all. I mean, it takes a lot to get me really upset. And so when I start to feel a little, wow, I am not in a good mood. I thought, you know, we might need to just talk about this today. And so I want us to think about, you know, how how do you know when your anger is needing to be managed, attended to, or how do you know when you're not able to really, you shouldn't ignore it? And what do you do about it? And so this is what I want us to talk about today, because many times the easiest thing to do when you're dealing with anger is to talk it out loud. And I'm telling you, one of the things that helps the most, talk out loud to yourself. Look in the mirror, talk to yourself, talk to whoever you need to talk to, whoever you are angry about. Just go in a room that nobody can hear you talking, say everything you want to say, get it out. And it really does help. It's it's strange how that helps. 
And it also helps you not to have to apologize for a whole bunch of things that you said. And so you kind of get it out first, and then you recognize, okay, now how, how angry am I still? So you at least are able to synthesize it down to the main points of this might be what I actually need to address with whoever the person is. And so I want you to also think about that it, help, it helps to just journal. And don't worry about spelling and punctuation. What you're doing is you're just getting it out. The third thing that I have found that helps is if I take a walk, what I do is I send all those feelings into the earth. And every time my foot touches the ground, I send the feelings into the ground. If I'm at my office, I send it into the floor. And this way, I can at least have a place to put it. And then I can deal with maybe what's really underneath. What's underneath that hurt? Maybe it's sadness. Maybe I got my feelings hurt. Maybe it's desperation. Maybe it's fear. And so let, this helps us to be able to identify what am I getting angry about? What am I getting angry over? What is my anger telling me? Because anger is a God-given emotion. It's the thing that helps us do things we might not otherwise be able to do. It helps us to know when we're being transgressed, when we're being mistreated, when we're being um, taken for granted. Whatever it is, it helps us to understand when a boundary has been crossed. So anger, being angry, are very important survival skills. So if you have someone that's not able to be angry and don't know how to be angry or are afraid to be angry, what you'll find is they have a lot more problems due to that anger. It may be that it compromises their health. It may be that it really compromises their ability to have intimacy or closeness with someone. So when we think about anger, let's just talk first about what really feelings are. And so we know that feelings are a basic unit of the human experience, and they are unavoidable. Now, in my life, I have tried to avoid them many different times until I really learned that they are like indicators, you know, just like the indicators on the dashboard of my car. And if I ignore them, it doesn't go well. So I want you to think about that they are just part of the human experience. We also see it in in, in all mammals. Your dog, your cat. I've seen my cat get really upset. Dogs, I've had dogs that have gotten in fights. So we know that this is part of how God has made us. And I want you to remind yourself that all feelings are okay. They're neither really good or bad. They just are. Now, when it becomes a moral issue is what we do with the feeling. What kind of judgments we make as a result of the feeling. What we do to ourselves, what we do to another. So I want you to think about the fact that feelings have a tendency to continue to recycle until we have really dealt with them. Until we have noticed them, dealt with them, gained some understanding from it, and we're able to resolve it. So we want to make sure that the direct expression of these basic feelings, especially anger, it really can result in clear and meaningful communication. It helps. Really, you know, the way out is through. And so what we must think about is what we, re- what we resist usually runs us. 
So you can't outrun your feelings. I've tried. They follow me everywhere I go. They catch me around the corner. They jump out in front of me. My feelings are always going to be with me. And so they're simply physical energy. They are this physical reaction to some type of external stimulus, a thought that we had, a judgment that we've made, whatever is going on in our body. Maybe we're angry at our body. It's not operating the way we'd like it to. And so what you want to remind yourself is that these are God-given expressions for humans and that God is a very feeling God. He's had very big emotions, and we saw that with the flood, right? So we know that we're made in his image in that way, and so feelings are a part of our identity. And if we respect them, they actually give us a very meaningful life and help us to have very deep and meaningful relationships. If we don't do them well, we end up having to apologize a lot. We end up maybe internalizing them and then having physical problems, ulcers, IBS, headaches, migraines. You know, it really takes a toll on our immune system, so we catch all kinds of disease. All kinds of things happen to our body when we won't express the feeling, when we send those feelings into our body and make our body have to contend with that level of energy. So it's very important that we understand what our feelings are really about and what they're doing for us. So anger is a very big one. And I can tell you the truth. I'm not really a big fan of anger. I don't enjoy being angry. But I kind of broke this down, this word anger, into, you know, just a little way that, uh, that we can look at it. From, from a, a, just, it, it kind of breaks it down. And so when we look at the, the word anger, it's A-N-G-E-R. And what, what I want you to think about is when anger is done well, it can be awesome. If I do it right, I can even be nice when I'm angry. If it's done right, it can result in great, good, really good things can come for me using my anger appropriately. If it's done right, it creates a lot of energy. If it's done right, you actually become more real. If it's done wrong, it will be aggression. And aggression is never healthy if it's not expressed appropriately. So if it starts coming out sideways, and we've talked about this before on this show, about trying to stuff my anger and it ends up coming out sideways, like I might lie, I might purposefully withhold information from someone, I might talk behind their back, I might pretend to be polite to their face, you know, and do something clandestine behind them, I might gossip about them. And so if it's done wrong, it will really truly be aggressive, may not be physically aggressive, but it will be intellectually and emotionally very aggressive. It has to go somewhere. That's what's important about recognizing anger. It has to go somewhere. So if it's done wrong, it probably will affect nothing good. If it's done wrong, it will also turn into greed. Because anger will have its day. And anger wants to have its way. And it will become very greedy 
when it comes to your time and your energy and your well-being. So I want you to think about this. If it's done wrong, this is how you know you're doing anger inappropriately. It will be easy. See, doing anger correctly takes effort, takes self-control, takes an adult, takes management. So if I'm doing my anger and it feels really easy, I'm probably doing it wrong. And if I do it wrong, many times it will feel so right. It will feel so good when I'm doing my anger inappropriately. (laughs) I am the first one to admit it. It can feel really good. And that's why I want you to understand that anger is a warning light. It's an indicator that needs to be addressed. And there are different ways to express anger appropriately. A lot of times I really recommend to clients, and I have practiced this myself, if I am angry with someone, I practice ahead of time. I talk out loud to myself so that I can get out of me everything that I would like to say. And then I can synthesize it down to what I actually am going to say so that I don't have regrets after that conversation. So let's think about this idea that when your anger feels too good, it's probably not right. It's probably not being done right. And if you do, you're doing it wrong, it'll probably be really easy. And what you find in that is that this is people that stuff their anger. They're like, I'm not angry, I'm fine. And we come to find out they are seething. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we continue to talk about anger. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today and for sending just these podcasts out to your friends. I appreciate that so much. And all of your input on social media has just been great. I have such good help and assistance. Michelle and Amy and Becca, I mean, they do some great, great things for me. And so I appreciate it because they are passionate about this show and what we are doing and why we want to get this out to people. And we really want people to have really meaningful relationships and relationships that really bring more energy to your life, that are helping and supporting your life, not the other way around, that you're wanting to just hibernate so that you don't have to deal with anybody. So as we talked about in the last segment, we talked about a couple of things about anger, that if it's done right, it can be really awesome. And if it's done right, it can even be nice. Like you can get a nice feeling from it. You can go, you know what? I really did tell you the truth. And we are actually talking about it. We don't have to fight about it. So if I do it right, it can result in a lot of good. And it also gives me more energy when I do it correctly than when I do it incorrectly. It takes energy from me. And it helps me to become more real, more honest, more authentic as a person. So when we think about anger, I want to give you just some words so that you don't think that 
anger is just one word and, and we have one definition for it. This is the different shades of anger. So anger can be resentful, mean, furious, steamy, quarrelsome, mad, hostile, frustrated, burned up, rage, aggressive, bitter. So think about these words. These are all facets of anger. How about hateful or peeved or infuriated, outraged, disturbed, agitated, aggravated, violent? How about tense? Do you realize that if you are tense a lot, you probably are angry? How about this word, apprehensive? Now, apprehensive can also be in the fear column. Apprehensiveness can be coming from being scared or worried or frightened. But a lot of times our anger is giving us apprehension. We don't know what to do with it. And so we're feeling apprehensive. How about cocky? Have you ever noticed that people that struggle with anger many times are really cocky people? Negative? Upset, disgusted, cheated, outraged, irritated, cross, uptight, sore, and irate. So there's a lot of different ways that anger shows up. And I'm sure that you've heard this, this famous proverb of do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So I want you to think about that. The problem with taking that literally means that you may just have to stuff your anger and pretend like you're okay when you're not okay. Well, now we are lying, right? And that's not good for our our immune system. It's not good for our well-being or the way we feel about ourselves. So when we talk about, hey, don't let the anger, don't let the, the, the sun go down so that you go to bed angry, Okay. Now, this is where we learn in many ways to compartmentalize. So if you're angry, what I would recommend that you do if it's at night and you're having a fight with someone that you're very close to and you feel compelled to say, we're not going to go to bed until we work this out. Well, you know, sometimes that works and I think it's a valiant effort. But I want you to also consider that the more tired you are, the less you will be able to control anger. The more exhausted you are, the more worried you are about not being able to go to bed and what you have to do the next morning, you will get angrier. So it's important that if we can leave anger in the day that it was created so that we wake up without it, it's a great idea. And I think that there are many times that we can actually do that. Some of it is simply some of the the processes that we've talked about in this show before about acceptance doesn't mean agreement. So it may help me to to end that anger that I have by saying, you know, I'm just going to simply accept this. I, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it at all, but I can accept it. I can accept the fact that somebody sees it differently than me. And I'm an adult enough to not have to be seen perfectly. I can say, you know, that's that's really not what I think happened. But if that's your experience, I'm not going to try to fight about the truth of an experience. And so that way, I'm able to say, you know what, this helps me have good judgment. 
And this is important for people that that are partners, that are married, that are, you know, family members that live together. To be able to say, you know what, if I can work this out so that we can go to bed, that would be great. But if I can't, I need to be honest about that. Not manipulative, not withholding because I don't want to get over my anger. And truthfully, if that's the case, the healthiest thing you could do is say that to the person. Say, you know what, I don't want to get over myself right now. I'm really angry and I don't want to. And you can add to that the securing of the relationship by saying, that doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't like you. It doesn't mean I'm not wanting to be married to you or live with you. It simply means that I'm really angry and I don't want to get over it. So that in and of itself is an adult way of taking responsibility for the feeling because I'm now not taking it out on the person. So I'm not going to make them pay. So they have a hard time going to sleep. So we want to use good judgment with this concept that it has a lot to do with your ability. It's a process. And we need to be productive with it. So you want to ask yourself, what do I want to accomplish by staying up and working this through? Well, maybe you're on vacation and it will have, help you have a better vacation. Maybe you just need to get over yourself. So what's the end goal? What are your motives when it comes to saying, I want to work it out right now. I don't want to go to the next moment angry. Are those motives selfish because you just want to feel better? Or is it really because, wow, what we got in a fight about, I really think is meaningless. We just got into an emotional argument. And that's a really important concept for all of us, especially as adults, to learn. The difference between an emotional argument and an, and an argument that has substance. Like there's truly an issue. Like you, um, you know, we have a joint bank account, a joint checking account, and you overdrafted it when you knew we didn't have the money and now, we have, now we're in overdraft. Okay, that's an issue argument. That's concrete. Versus, I don't like how you looked at me and now I'm reading into it and you're trying to defend yourself and you're getting angry with me that you're defending yourself. That, that's just, a, that's just a, an emotional argument. And those are best left alone. I, I say to people, you know, if you can just walk away from those and give it 10, 24 hours You'll be amazed at how minor that is if you just stop the intensity. So this is Cynthia Hyatt again with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. We have two more segments to go. And we are going to talk about some undesirable behavior patterns that come with anger. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. We are talking about anger. And, you know, anger is quite an uncomfortable emotion to have, but it's a really necessary one. People that are not able to get angry are very easily victimized and are, have a very difficult time having a life that they are proud of or that they enjoy. Because anger has a lot to do with assertiveness. And so we are always wanting people to practice assertiveness versus starting with anger. So what are some undesirable behavior patterns 
that come with people that maybe don't address their anger, don't practice good coping skills when it comes to anger, are maybe a little bit more free with their anger. Well, one of the things that we see is outbursts. When it's outbursts of anger, we see lots of temper tantrums. And if you've ever seen an adult have a temper tantrum, (laughs) it's pretty frustrating, to say the least. And I've had them myself. I certainly am not above that. Typically, my uh, adult temper tantrums are not in front of people. But, you know, I sometimes can just, I just might want to lose it. And so what we think about is it's a very undesirable behavioral pattern if you have no understanding of what you're doing. And if you are naive, oblivious to the effect that it may have on you and others, or even on, you know, objects in your home or your car or wherever you're at. And so we have people that throw things, destroy things, right, break things. And and I remind people that, hey, if that's one of the ways that you get anger out is needing to break or destroy things, then go to the junkyard and get a whole bunch of stuff that you can destroy and feel really good about it. Not, not the things that are of value to you, because then you will also get more angry. So we also see a lot of argumentativeness, a quarrelsome type of person that they may start talking to you about a particular topic, and it's, a, you know, it's, it's maybe a little bit competitive, But they somehow take it into now it's become an argument. Now we're aggressive. Now this person will not let it go. And they're like a dog with a bone. And it becomes very uncomfortable. The very thing about sharing ideas and and debating all of a sudden becomes an all-out war. And so this is a really undesirable behavior that we find with people that have unresolved anger issues or have not learned how to manage their anger We also get a lot of disrespect, and that goes both ways. That means the person that is not managing their anger is highly disrespecting the person that it's being, you know, uh, taken out on. And then it ends up causing that person to disrespect themselves when they act in that way. And so we also get fighting, but we also get violence. And if you have been in a relationship whether you grew up in a violent home, you've been in a relationship with someone that's violent, you've had violent neighbors, whatever that would be, you know how scary it is when fighting becomes violence. And so what happens to many people that have been victimized in that way is they just won't fight at all. They won't, they won't even, they will just continue in a victimization mode because being victimized is better than being harmed to that degree. And so if I can just not fight with you and take it, maybe you'll stop at some point. Unfortunately, people that are wanting that kind of reaction don't stop. They usually ramp it up even more so they can get a reaction from you so they don't have to feel so bad about what they're doing. They can say, well, you're fighting with me too. Look what you just did to me. So these are, these are times where I say to people, if there's fighting that is becoming violent, walk away absolutely walk away. And if you need to, run away. I don't care if you're in your own house. Run out of the house and run down the street. Just get away from it. Because there is no way to resolve it when it gets to that place. We're in the part of our brain that is pure survival, and survival is never pretty. And so it's hard to talk to people rationally 
when they are in the fight, flight, or freeze part of their brain. And they are purely surviving the moment. So we get a lot of animosity as well. And we also get this, this ugly, ugly thing of cruelty. That when we have anger that is, that is not managed, we oftentimes have cruelty that shows up. And that's a tough one to overcome. It's a tough one to apologize for and to know you've done. It's a tough one to have it done to you. Cruelty is very different even than being victimized. And cruelty affects our very being. And it can change us if we're not careful. So I want to encourage you, if you have had cruelty in your life, that you do reach out, you do get some help, you do talk to somebody about it. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we are going to do our last segment on hidden anger so that it might be kind of enlightening for you to find some ways that, that really are anger that you didn't realize were anger. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And I hope this is going to really give you some things to think about, to work on, to explore with someone else, maybe a, a therapist, a pastor, a, a coach, a friend, and, and really begin to understand that emotion that all of us have that is a God-given emotion of anger. Because without anger you cannot survive. And so anger is a very important emotion that God has given us. It's also a deadly emotion if it's used inappropriately. So we left off talking about these undesirable behaviors that we see when people have anger that is not either managed, understood, or respected. And so, unfortunately, in the emotional realm, when we have someone that has a high degree of anger or a propensity for anger, we get a lot of malice, bitterness, and those two feelings are dangerous if they are with you for too long. Because together, what malice and bitterness do, excuse me, is creates discouragement, apathy, and indifference. And so what we end up doing is thinking that the only way we can manage the anger is to just not care. We're not going to care anymore. If I don't care, I can't be hurt. And if you've listened to this show before, <clears throat> excuse me, we, uh, we have talked about that, that apathy can feel like a great coping skill, but it actually steals identity. And you just become a person that's just floating through life. So let's look at just some things that help us understand if we have some hidden anger. So procrastination. Isn't that interesting? Procrastination when it comes to completion of imposed tasks. So if I procrastinate, there may be some anger involved. It may be that I don't think I should have been given the task. I don't like the task that I think I'm, it's being put upon me, that I'm thinking that it's a waste of time. I don't want to do it because I don't want to think about the content of whatever the task is. So procrastination, if you procrastinate a lot, it can also be 
you know, that, that hidden subversive anger that you say nicely with a smile, oh, yeah, I'm working on it. But you purposefully are letting the person wait. And so it's kind of a, a power. It's, it's a way that we, you know, interject some power if we are feeling in a one-down position. So what about this? Perpetual and habitual lateness. Well, I've had to look at that one in my life, and I am not really an angry person. I know that my lateness, because I, can be, I can be late, and I can be, you know, I, it can be kind of habitual and it can be perpetual. And that has a lot to do with the fact that I try to fit too many things into one, into one time. It doesn't mean for me, and I've had to look at this, I've had to really make sure that I honestly can say that my difficulty being on time is not about anger, that I am passive-aggressively trying to just get to you. Because this is, this is an important process for us to go through. Why am I constantly making this person wait? I'm habitually late, perpetually late. How about liking, you know, sadistic or ironic humor? You have to really say to yourself, you know, what's going on with me if I think it's funny when someone is in pain? I think it's funny when an animal is being harmed or someone is inappropriately scared and, it's, it's, and they, they jump. You know, I need to ask myself, what is that? It, do I have a, sarca- a sadistic, you know, um, kind of like ongoing enjoyment of somebody else's pain? And I may need to look at that. I may need to say, why, why do I enjoy someone else's pain? And it may be just as simple as nobody cared about yours. It could be that simple. So what about this? Sarcasm, cynicism, flippancy in conversation. See, those things are highly disrespectful. So usually when we see that people that are disrespectful relationally, we probably say, hey, what's going on with them underneath? What's going on that they need to kind of just make it uncomfortable, give you a little emotional jab, kind of trip you as you're talking? So what's going on with that? And this is probably a result of some hidden anger. They don't feel like people care about what they have to say. They don't feel respected when they talk. And that could be part of why there's sarcasm, cynicism, flippancy. Cynicism is also a great defense mechanism if people have been let down frequently. Well, they'll just get cynical. It's like, yeah, it'll never work out. People aren't really good. I know, they may look good right now, but that's probably not who they really are. And it's a defense mechanism that, that helps us cope with not being let down. So we'll just be let down. Then we don't have to hope. And then we think we don't have to get hurt. So how about this one? This is interesting. Frequent sighing. Do you have a tendency to constantly just go, brother, right? Frequent sighing has a lot to do with impatience. And impatience has to do with I'm devaluing people that I'm with. I don't have time for them. Maybe I don't like them. I don't like what they're saying. I feel in a one-down position. 
So I, I need to, in, in many ways, kind of like knock them down at the same time. So I need to give the impression I'm not impressed with them. I'm bored with them. How about this? Over-politeness, constant cheerfulness, and, and this it comes with an attitude of grin and bear it. Okay, these are the Pollyannas, and they have a high degree of anger. And what they've tried to do is, is kind of flip it upside down. So they've decided they're just going to be happy all the time and overly polite and constantly cheerful because really underneath, they're seething. They're so angry, so angry. And they're trying to compensate instead of dealing with the anger and recognizing I don't have to be embarrassed or ashamed of anger. I only have to be maybe embarrassed and ashamed of how I deal with my anger. But anger is a very important feeling that is giving us very important information about our internal world and our external world and how we're dealing with them both. So how about this, smiling when you're hurt? So over-polite, constant cheerfulness, smiling when you're hurting. This is really important to understand. What's, what's working for me? This is not to judge ourselves. This is to recognize that this life is very hard down here. And coping skills are necessary or we wouldn't survive. So what we want to think about is, is that coping skill actually helping me thrive? Or is it just getting me through the moment? Is it healing me? Strengthening me? Or just patching something up to get through the moment. We also see, people, we also see if we have some, some very um, unresolved anger and, and anger that is really suppressed, we also see this, this ability that, that sleep and sleeping through the night becomes hard for them. They wake up a lot. They may have a lot of bad dreams. They may have a lot of apathy loss of interest in things that maybe you usually saw enthusiastically. So you're kind of starting to get apathetic, like, it's just I can't care about anything anymore. I'm too worn down. I get let down too many times. And so we see people that have a lot of just unresolved anger and hidden, buried anger. They kind of slow down. And they have very slow movements, which is interesting. They go from having really strong, quick movements and quick to anger to just being kind of apathetic in the way they do life. So these might be the people that, you know, they wait at the stop sign. And you're kind of sitting there going, hello, can we move forward? Or in, in the checkout line, they're just really taking their time. And you're saying to yourself, what the heck is going on here? So these people oftentimes have excessive irritability. And they might get even kind of drowsy. See, falling asleep is a great coping skill if I'm overwhelmed with, with whatever's going on in the current moment. If I don't know how to deal with it, if I don't know what to do, do, do with it, then we many times find people sleeping right in front of us. They wake up tired. They don't feel rested or refreshed. They also many times have very clenched jaws. Maybe they have facial tics, right? 
grinding of their teeth, chronically stiff, neck and shoulders especially. And then if this goes on for too long, if they don't know how to deal with their anger, if they don't feel safe talking about their anger, they don't feel like they're allowed to be angry, they many times have chronic depression. And you've probably heard that before, that many times suppressed anger for any for a long period of time <clears throat> oftentimes results in depression because it's just too heavy to bear and it starts to to kind of turn itself upside down where now it, it hurts to feel good i don't even know how to laugh anymore i don't know how to hope anymore and that's the depression that comes many times with repressed anger that has been there for a long, long time. We also see stomach ulcers, oftentimes with people that have a lot of repressed anger. So I want you to think about this, not in any way to judge you or someone else, but to recognize and have compassion on the fact that this world, I have told you this so many times, nobody leaves the planet alive, right? maybe the second coming, but otherwise nobody leaves it alive. This is a hard place to be, and it kind of can beat us up. So when we think about anger, I don't want you to see anger as an enemy. That energy helps us to keep showing up. What we want to do is recognize if I have ongoing anger, if I'm having any of these these side effects that I mentioned, I may want to talk to somebody and say, you know, I, I have trouble sleeping. I, um, I have evil thoughts sometimes. I, I don't mind when people, I don't know, miss the light. I see them on the side of the road with a flat tire, and I think, well, somebody else, ha- you know, wow, they're having to deal with it too then. And this is where we want to think about what's going on in my internal world that would cause me to get oppressed and depressed from the amount of anger, disappointment, sadness, frustration that maybe I've been feeling. So in no way, shape, or form are we to ever be embarrassed or ashamed of it. It's a product of living here. And so this is one of those things that you can say to yourself, hey, I can figure out why anger became my best, my best go-to instead of hope and joy and happiness. So I'm so glad that you joined me today. And I hope that this has been helpful for you. And again, this is not in any way something that I'm giving to you in order to judge other, other people or yourselves. This is good information so that we can be the best version that God has intended for us to be. So God bless you this week. I'll talk to you again next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, 
she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be-